What is up, everybody? This is Brandon Bright, and welcome to the very first episode of Unfiltered Tea. Unfiltered Tea? Reality TV. Program TV. News. Gossip. Celebrities. News. Possibly politics. The, the world is our oyster with this. It's completely unfiltered. Our opinions, whatever the fuck we want to say, and how we feel about anything, is what's going to go down. We're going to go for OG to now. We're going to throw it all the way back to possibly 10, 15 years ago with the OG of reality, Miss Tiffany Pollard, New York. We're definitely going to get into that in one of these episodes, a whole episode dedicated to her, maybe two. She is the OG and we will never forget her and she is still relevant to this day. We're going to be talking about kind of what's going on now in reality. We're going to talk about what's going on in the news, possibly. It really just depends kind of how we're feeling on these podcasts each time that we kind of go around. But we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. Um, I will have to, at some point, touch on this goddamn R. Kelly nonsense. It's insane. The craziest thing I've ever seen, possibly in my life. I can't. I, I don't. I don't even know where to start when I get into this. Um, but I will dedicate an entire episode to that, for sure. And we will talk about this. But let, let me just talk about it really, really, really quick for like a hot second, because this motherfucker needs to be in prison, rotting for the rest of his life. I have never been so sick to my stomach watching something in my life. I screamed, I yelled, I cried, I gasped, I held my breath. It was bananas. And people think that they know the extent of the things that he did based off what we have read and seen in the news. This It doesn't even touch on a, a, an eighth of the things that he did. This man is the devil, this man is a monster, and he should rot in hell. So we'll just move on from that, and we will have a whole episode dedicated to that. So back to Unfiltered Tea. Unfiltered Tea, yes, like I said, we're going to be talking about a vast majority of things, my all-time favorite things to discuss when I am not working, of course, is reality TV, scripted TV that I'm loving, um, news, fun little gossip. Uh, I'm going to be bringing on friends, different people who are as obsessed about reality TV that I am. It really just depends. Um but for this first episode, my all-time favorite franchise of reality TV is The Real Housewives. I've watched them all. I have my favorites at times. It changes, as you know, on some of my other favorite podcasts, you know, uh, with Danny Pellegrino and Bitsesh with my two favorite ladies, Daniel Schneider and Casey Wilson. Um, they talk about and how they go back and forth on how they feel about these housewives, how they feel about these seasons, and it's true, and we're going to get into it. I'm going to start. We're going to go way back. I'm not going to go OGOC, because I just, I can't with that right now. It's just, I, I can't go back that far with Vicky right now. A different episode, possibly. We'll, we'll go down that road. We got to talk about the family van, obviously. So we'll go down that road. But I'm going to start with the OG in Georgia. And we're going to go to the first season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. We're going to do a recap on this, a recap of the episodes, and just really talk about this. Um, 
how glorious of a season this was, how trash, how garbage, and such amazing TV it was. So to kind of start this off, we're going to go with the original cast. We're going to talk about that really quick. We have Kim Zolciak, no, Kim Zolciak Beerman. We have Nini Leakes, who is obviously back now. Took some time off uh, later in the seasons, but she is an OG. Deshaun Snow. <sighs> I, I, I'm excited to get into this about her. I, I don't even, I can't. Okay. Uh, Sheree Whitfield always will have a place in my heart. Her first, the first three seasons are the some of the best TV I've ever seen. There's a reason she came back. I get why she's kind of not really on there anymore now. And um, But the first three seasons, she kind of really held that show together, her and Nini for sure. And Lisa Wu. Lisa Wu is someone that I could give two fucks about. I, I never thought she brought anything to the show. I never thought that she just gave anything that was worth watching. It was sad seeing that, like, her husband, like, they kind of had this love, but you could tell it was, like, really fake, and no one really gave a shit about it, and that they kind of really didn't give a shit about each other. It was always, like, really out there, and their love was just, like, they had to make sure they, like, showed it on camera with that goddamn bubble bath and that, like, sex tape, basically, that, like, the crew members were filming, like, they were in the fucking hot tub with them in the jacuzzi inside of their bathroom. It was disgusting, and I I just can't deal with it. Um, So those were the OGs of it. Um, We had a few little, like, characters pop in and out. This is, you know, the, the debut of Kim Zolciak the and her her wigs, uh, which I I don't I do I call them a wig? Are they a wig? It it looks like she grabbed it from a, a party supply store and threw it on her fucking head, um, but obviously we'll get into that. So we come into the ATL and we we kind of see what's happening here first is that they are, of course all just talking about labels and the wealth. And this is the one series of this franchise that I feel like they always really, really focused on the labels. And Beverly Hills, you know, they they kind of talk about it a little bit. But, you know, as like Kyle has said before, and like everyone's confirmed, you know, Camille and everyone, it's just not something they talk about. They have the money and they just, they don't talk about it. Atlanta is all about the labels, all about talking about it, all about like the big spending, the big money and all of that. And the one who does it the most especially in this first season, is Miss Kim Zolciak, the one who actually doesn't have the money herself. She has Big Papa, and we will get into him. So this first episode, Welcome One, Welcome ATL. So basically, we get introduced to all of these housewives um, here. We first get introduced to Kim and Nini. Kim is on her way to the Cadillac dealership. She has called Big Papa. She wants to pick up a Cadillac today. She brings Brielle and Ariana with her. She's calling Big Papa, wanting to write a check today. Doesn't know anything about it. Doesn't know anything about the car, like what she's doing. It's ridiculous. She's wearing her true religion with the stitches and the diamonds. And she looks like a country porn star. And it's amazing and ridiculous all at the same time. She calls him, gets this Cadillac that she probably doesn't even know how to drive. I don't believe that she kept that car for more than three days because I feel like you never really saw it ever again um, in the episode. Um, 
all the while in this episode, Sheree then is coordinating her big birthday bash, which is kind of the big thing of this episode. So everyone's, you know, invited to her birthday, or so we think, and they're all going to Sheree's house. Sheree mentions her divorce from Bob, talking about that she wants to get this, you know, seven-figure settlement from him. All the while, you know that that man ain't got no money, or he got money and he hiding it from her, and he ain't giving her none of it. So in this first episode, we see the introduction of all the ladies, that they're all going to come together at Sheree's birthday party. But little do they know, someone has been left off the guest list. Now, the way that they act about this, they think they act like it's intentional and that it was meant to happen, that that it wasn't intentional and that it wasn't supposed to be. But we all know how shady Sheree can be and they were not getting along and she wasn't invited. This is plain and simple. Like, just own your shit and it's ridiculous. I mean... Kim brings her designer over to design to bring this outfit. He brings her some outfit choices. They all look like they belong at a fucking porn store. It's it's insane. She looks like a stripper in all of them, and it's it's unbelievable. But the outfit that she decides to wear, that fucking sparkly top with that like clue like clueless style skirt bottom like the the yellow and the black like stripes and those hooker boots it was everything and more that I could have ever wanted all with all of her diamonds and everything into it she her body looked amazing she looked great uh that outfit was horrendous and the wig on top of it was just terrible and I couldn't even deal with it also let's just let's just go back to that that seems whatever designer or whatever that she has I am obsessed with him I I don't know anyone that talks like the way that he talks. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please go back and watch this first episode and just see the way that they talk to each other and the way that he talks and just it it it's it's unreal. I I I can't even describe it. Just go watch and listen. So he brings these outfits in and I don't know, does he just do this for her like on the daily and just brings over these outfits that he like went to like Justice Forever Twenty One and the Baby Gap and just like threw that took parts of each one and threw a fucking outfit together. It's ridiculous and I'm here for it though. So they have that weird relationship. Kim's with Big Papa. They're talking. He's giving her money for everything she could ever want. That relationship is insane. We'll get more into that. Um, all the while in this episode, Sheree's planning her birthday. She is yelling at her assistants like worse than I could see a parent yelling at their child for doing something wrong. The entitlement for Sheree Whitfield is insane. And you can just tell right off the bat before you even get to like watch the season more or if you already kind of know the story about Sheree that she doesn't have any fucking money. She doesn't have any money. She's not getting any from Bob. She doesn't have any herself. That house is falling apart. Those poor, poor children are having to deal with their crazy mother and her antics. And it's just all around just sad and a little bit pathetic for Sheree Whitfield. So back to this birthday. Kim and Nini decide to go together. Kim was trying on that sparkly top, you know, skirt thing I was talking about. 
she had to get it like taken in by the designer. So he goes, they go back to meet him and uh, they decide to meet him at a shell gas station. And it was the trashiest thing I've ever seen. And it was incredible. Uh, she's there naked, basically attempting to try on this outfit and make sure it fits uh, well. Nini's holding like a towel over here so she doesn't flash everybody in Atlanta. And it was amazing. It fit perfectly. She looked great. On they go. They get back. They get to charades. They make this whole big dramatic thing. They walk through. What happens? Kim's name's on the list. Nini's isn't. All hell breaks loose. Nini loses her fucking shit. And she just can't even believe it. And she blames Sheree that she knew it intentionally, which I agree with completely. There, It's like you're doing the show together. Like, you know who's going to be there. Like, you guys all plan this out so that people are available for this shit. So it's it's it wasn't a fucking accident. Whether that part was scripted or not, I don't think it was. But I... Like, come on. She did it on purpose. So they throw a fit. They leave. Sheree pretends that, like, she cares for, like, a hot minute. And then she doesn't anymore because her assistant comes down and doesn't blame. She doesn't blame her assistant, which I feel actually feel like she should if it really was an accident. Because her assistant, who, by the way, looks like she is on the verge of tears throughout the entire episode. And I, I feel terrible for her. I feel like she goes into a, a corner in like a room and just cries, probably the pantry in the kitchen and just balls when Sheree's not in the room. Um, so anyway, that all happens. Sheree doesn't give a shit. And then their relationship is basically like over. The friendship is over at that, at that point for them. They don't want to, Nini doesn't want anything to do with Sheree. She blames it on her, and and that's that. So that's the first episode. Second episode kind of falls into, like, the after of the party. Nini is reflecting on her fight with Sheree for the birthday party, like, not inviting her. Kim is then planning a fucking birthday party for Brielle. Like, it's just party after party for useless people. And so Kim's planning this birthday party for Brielle. Which is ridiculous. I can't even. The just everything about it was insane. From her bringing her friends in, which I cannot remember her friend's name for the life of me, but she was a like it, her, they were like sisters basically. They were dressed the same, talked the same. Her friends so badly wanted to be on this show. You could tell that she's like, if I just like inch my way into these like little scenes and I think that I make like clever little like anecdotes and like little comments, maybe like Bravo will like me and they'll like bring me in as like a friend more often or like I'll get my own like peach on this show, which obviously never fucking happened because she is useless. Um, planning this birthday for Brielle. Brielle obviously is a garbage monster and she is a little fucking brat and doesn't appreciate anything of it. Kim gets that, you know, the hotel uh, and everything for all of them, which I also love that she goes down to the bar and starts drinking with her friend at the hotel because they couldn't deal with the fucking kids anymore. I mean, like, how real is that for parents? I can assume, like, I, that's what I would do. Like, you guys have your own suite. Like, cool. That's great. I'm going to go down and possibly get smashed because I can't deal with you kids right now. Bye. So, and then all the while this party planner, apparently that was supposed to be planning everything, didn't do her fucking job and they were paying her like five grand, 
which is insane to plan a kid's birthday party. You're giving her presents at your house. You're going to a hotel and then you have a little party at a place where you have a cake. Like you, you need a party planner for what you said you wanted to enjoy your child, but like you, uh, what, what is so difficult? Like, because you were going to be like sculpting a, an ice sculpture of her face and you just you weren't gonna have the time to hang out with your daughter like I don't understand any of that so we get to the place where like they're serving the cake and they had it flew in from like LA or some bullshit it was a cool cake but it had fondant all over it which it's like they didn't know what fondant was and it's not fondant isn't that great for most most people don't like it some people do but it's it's like it's the weirdest texture and it's very like chewy and it's just it's something you don't like eat plates of and it just it helps make the cake look cool they they're throwing a fit about the cake they're saying that it's trash and that it's gross and then they're saying that the whole planning of the party was terrible kim doesn't want to pay her party planner but like for what what did she plan like you she ordered probably the cake for you and the hotel and that's it like i like what what did she plan that I, I don't understand. So I get like not wanting to pay her the five grand. Like you probably have to pay her something, but who like I should be a party planner. I'll charge five grand to book a hotel for you and get you a place to go eat your cake. Like that's cool. I, if that's what it takes to be a party planner, like count me in. I will for sure go do that. <sighs> anyway, episode three. So this episode is when. Nini receives a letter from a relative which basically says that another man might be her biological father. Okay, so little backstory on Nini here. So basically she kind of talks about how she was raised by, you know, her her grandmother and she like kind of knew her father or who she thought her father was, but they didn't really have a relationship. She was kind of estranged from her family in general. Um, and she gets this letter from this relative and it says that another that this man is saying that he is her biological father um and she is devastated wants to investigate that and tries to find it out her and greg her, her husband which we also we didn't really touch on that um so greg nini's husband they've been together for quite some time um, they have a son together. She has a son from a previous relationship, but they have a son together as well. Um, he does like investments and, uh, real estate and all that kind of stuff. I think it's real estate, something like that. So he was the main breadwinner of the house. Obviously that's not the case anymore, but he was at that time. Um, so he's trying to support her through that and kind of whatever's going on there. Um, all the while, Deshaun, God, again, here we go with a fucking party, like every episode, Jesus. So Deshaun is coordinating her, um, her black tie event for her foundation, which she tries to pull in Nini to get her help from that. Um, this foundation black tie thing was ridiculous and she wanted to raise like a million fucking dollars or something like that, which is ridiculous. And she wasn't even charging for the tickets, which they talk about in that episode. Insane. Like, how, how do you expect to raise a million dollars? Like, so, like nowadays, like massive, like charity things, those sometimes can't even get a million dollars. Like, 
this girl is dumber than a box of fucking rocks. And she was trying to raise my daughters, which is like wonderful. I love that she has a charity. Like that's cool. But like set a realistic goal and expectation for your shit. Or it's just like learn how to fucking raise money and like do a charity. Like, so this black tie event she was doing at her house for the, for the, her foundation. Um, I think it was literally called the Deshaun Snow foundation, which of course it was. And, she basically wants to raise the money for them, but she's having this black tie event. She wants to auction off like, like dates with people. And they were like good packages and prizes with like well-known basketball players, like dinner and like a game and all this stuff. And like famous hosts, like of like Atlanta news there and everything. And I think they were going to auction off charade also, which I don't fucking know why. Um, but no one was bidding. <laughs> And also because they were starting the bidding at, like, five and, like, $10,000. Like, yeah, these people have money, but guess what? You were setting up this, like, black tie event thing, and you have, she has, you know, she has, like, vendors and stuff, like, jewelry, I remember. And, um, but these people didn't come there to just, like, give ten grand out. Like, they just didn't. It's ridiculous and, and unbelievable. Um, so she, I don't think she really raised anything and she wasted so much fucking money having all of that shit done at her house and the, the catering and like all of that. Um, the only money she raised, I think was fucking Kim going in there and getting that goddamn pink bracelet that was like 75 grand and calling big Papa on the phone, asking for it, basically getting the okay. And then screaming into the phone. Like it's iconic. Thank you, big Papa. Like it's insane um so i feel like that's the only money that deshaun got from that which you know she should be thinking kim but i don't think that that happened um oh i gotta go back real quick so i think this was like actually the first episode deshaun because i said i just didn't even know like how to even get into her um she basically was trying to hire people for her house because they moved into a new house uh with her basketball husband don't fucking know his name because i don't follow basketball and she was wanting to hire staff for this it was ridiculous she wanted to hire um like a couple nannies housekeepers a chef um a like house chief or something like that i forget what she called it and then like a governess it was insane. Like these interviews she was doing with these people, the woman was like, I come in, I like your family's visiting. I asked if they can unpack for them and it like what they would like to have in the house. And then her dad, like apparently asked for like a certain bottle of like tequila and something else, like a certain type of like food in the house. And it was unbelievable. And I couldn't believe it. Anyway, Back to what I was talking about. I just had to get into that because the fact that she was hiring like 15 people in her fucking house is asinine. And I'm pretty sure they got divorced like very soon after this. And I don't know what she's doing anymore, but she does not live in that fucking house. Um, so continuing on. Um, talked about the event, the black tie event a lot. Ugh, oh, Lisa Wu. In that same episode, she is trying to launch um, her jewelry line. She had like a trunk show jewelry line. Um, they do all, she 
I don't, that's it. That's it. Shows us a little Joey Reeling. It was garbage. Moving on. Um, next episode. We really get into um, Kim Zolciak and her uh, want to have a singing career. Now, originally, because we know like what has been produced since then, Tardy for the Party and Google Me and, you know, those wonderful number one hits, which I actually, I have played and I actually personally love them. So no shade, just tea. And she wants to be a country singer. This is kind of where it all starts. She wants to be a country singer. She, she eventually does get in touch with Dallas Austin, who's a major producer in Atlanta. That's separate from all of this. Um, I think that's second season. So we'll get into that. Um, when we talk about Atlanta later on. Um, so Kim wants to start this singing career and Nini's spreading rumors um, and talking about Kim and that she doesn't know how to sing and that she's never heard her like hum a tune and uh, I remember that Nini and Greg and Lisa and, uh, and her husband, they're all out to dinner. Nini gets fucking trashed. They're in the limo. And Nini just starts like mocking Kim, which is the best thing. Um, and singing, basically making fun of Kim. And it was everything I could have ever wanted. Um, so that kind of really all happens in that episode. Um, Sheree and Kim become friends. Uh, during all of that, actually, in light of the whole difficulty, Sheree's being, like, super supportive of Kim and her singing career, and they develop this, like, really weird friendship um, in this first season, just, like, calling each other beautiful all the time, and it's it's really creepy, and it almost seems like they kind of, like, want to be together. It's really interesting. Um, in the same thing, Kim and Nini start to get into an argument uh, while they're shopping together, um, so their friendship is like kind of starting to like fall apart at this point. Nini launches her Twisted Hearts Foundation, which actually was really cool. Um, it was kind of funny to see how Deshaun does her whole foundation thing. And then Nini's like, that's not a real, like what you're doing, like, you're not doing this right. Like you got to like get people to actually come and like have something to do with that will actually like raise money and not just expect people to spend $10,000 on a date with like a fucking basketball player. So the Twisted Hearts Foundation, Nini has had, um, you know, like physical, sexual uh, abuse in her life. And she wants to bring more awareness to that. And she wanted to start her own foundation. And I thought it was incredible. It was actually really pretty emotional um, to see it. I think that the name is genius. I thought that that was amazing. And that really actually got me to really, really like Nini because no matter how sassy and like bitchy or whatever she can be, like you can just tell she has a, she has a good heart and she's a really good person. Um, and she'll do a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, getting all sappy about Miss Lenifia Leaks. Uh, so next episode, this is a very short season by the way this was nine episodes including the reunion they always do that with these first seasons just to see if people will fucking watch um obviously they did um so this next episode nini it goes back to the whole biological father thing she decides that she wants to do the dna test with him and see if they're uh if her actual um the man who she thought she was her father uh is actually her father like she thinks it's a mistake that this other person is her father. So she thinks the guy who is 
She she wants to do a paternity test. He finally agrees to it. Um, and they go and get that done. Turns out he is not her father. And the man that is saying that he is, is. So it's a whole, like, it was like a 0% that it was her father. It was sad. And she was really disappointed. So that was really, really sad. Um, in that same episode, Deshaun is arranging um, a big, like, group gathering for everyone to just kind of, like, to have, uh, like to reconcile, which we all fucking know. Like, Housewives history has proven, and this is, a, granted, this was their first season, so Deshaun didn't know any better. But that never fucking happens. It's, if, if they ever do, it's for, like, a hot second, and then they're off, like, bitching about each other and talking shit, like, ten minutes later. So, like, nice try, Deshaun, but, like, that didn't fucking happen. And then Sheree. This is where you really see her trying to coordinate the launch of famous She Buy Sheree. I, I mean, where are we? What, like, this was how long ago? Ten fucking years ago? And where are we at now? Joggers. Joggers. Uh, it's It started out, this massive fashion line that she was going to be launching. And now we're at Joggers. So let's, let's just, if you haven't watched, let's just give you a perspective if you are not used to or have watched Real Housewives of Atlanta and followed Sheree's fashion story entire fashion line and now we're at joggers maybe maybe just like google she by sheree go watch like her website it's a really weird video with like i think her and like her son cairo is in it and it's it's just weird so watch that um we'll get into she by sheree later because <laughs> it, it's amazing and she has a fashion show with no fashions which is a Brilliant quote from Dwight, who we will uh, introduce um, at another time. Um, in that same episode, Sheree goes uh, on that little excursion with Kim at Lake Lanier and Kim's friend, who is all still trying to get into the group. Um, that was, it was nothing. Their boat like dies. They can't figure out how to start it because they had it in neutral and they thought they were stuck and not going to be able to get out. It was ridiculous. Um, Lisa is reluctant to see Ed. So Ed's her husband. I forgot his name too. Ed, he is a professional football player and he wants to, he's been like out and like injured. And so he's been trying to get back in. She's reluctant about him getting back into his football career. Um, Cause they had a long-term injury and that's about as interesting as they get. I, I won't talk much about like Lisa and him really. She's in the first, like, what is it? Two or three seasons. I really won't talk much about her. Cause I, like I said, I don't like her. I, she brings nothing. She's boring. And I, I just, I can't stand her. Um, so that moving on. Um, so this is, we're moving on to the final episode here. So in this final episode, um, I'll bring them up really quick. Ed gets a, a deal with the Raiders. So Lisa is a little upset about that because he has to go. He's flying across the country and she doesn't like that. So I get that. Um, and Lo and behold, Deshaun's little barbecue gathering doesn't go as planned, and it's unsuccessful. People are fucking fighting. Nobody's getting along. People don't show up. Like, it, it's a whole fucking mess. Um, and then Sheree 
has for viewing. And how would I describe this? It, I mean, like Dwight said, who I, we will talk about at another time, um, friend of Nini's, uh, party planner, fashion guru, well, self-appointed fashion guru. Um, she had a viewing party and she, it wasn't a fashion show. She just had like her logo um, and like some ice sculptures. And uh, she blended on this woman who like delivered these pieces back to her who uh, said they weren't like up to par and like screamed at her and stuff. And she still went through with the party, which didn't make any sense. Like all she had was her fucking logo. And I like, that was it. Um, so it was a fashion show with no fashions and it was hysterical and people were confused, rightfully so. And it was fucking hilarious. I loved it. Um, Deshaun's husband, Eric, Eric Snow, um, basketball player. He wants to be retiring because he got an injury, blah, blah, blah. Um, housewives and their families gather for like a dinner at the very end. It's kind of like the, one of the last scenes and they're just talking about how like they all need to get along and, um, they're really ups, uh, upset that like Kim and Nini were like having a fallout uh, and that they just all wanted to reconcile. And it just kind of ends with, with that, like, are they going to reconcile or not? Um, the reunion was pretty good. Um, Deshaun only did one season. So this was her only, this was her first season. Um, and so the reunion was like her last time on, on Bravo, really. I don't even think she made an appearance. Maybe she did like later on as something for like a hot second. Um, the reunion was good though. That's uh, where the whole like thing with Kim and like the whole like she had cancer, but she didn't. And but she had like a thyroid issue, but she didn't. And she like lost her hair, which is why she wears wigs. And um, But then she like came back and said that she like lied um, that it wasn't really that, and it was just, like, a thyroid issue, um, and so that was, like, so confusing for everybody, um, Lisa and Kim don't get along, Lisa can't stand her, is calling her a liar, telling her she's gonna flip her over the fucking couch, Nene and Kim don't get along, um, Dwight makes his appearance, which I will talk about him for a, a, a minute here, he is hysterical. He, he is in these first couple of seasons. He is very close friends with Nini in it. Um, they're basically gossiping about all the women, calling Sheree's fashion show a fashion with no fashions. I die every time I hear that. I think it's amazing and hysterical, and it's completely true. He makes a little appearance on the, the reunion as well as like the sixth or seventh housewife, however many there are, in this first season. Um, so that was fun. Um, but all in all, it kind of just ends on a, on a weird note. They, with Kim and Nini not really getting along, Kim and Lisa not getting along, Sheree not really getting along with anyone but Kim, because um, she's just a fucking all-around bitch. Um, and then Deshaun being exited off because she was boring as hell, which I feel like Lisa should have been too, but I feel like I feel like they were like, we got to keep one. So let's keep Lisa because at least she has like high energy and Deshaun is just boring as hell and has nothing to offer basically. Um, yeah. So that is the first season. That was the quickest recap I've probably ever done explaining 
a show and a season to somebody before. Um, hopefully it was as descriptive as it should have been. Um, it was really interesting to kind of go through memory lane with that. I haven't, it's been a little bit since I've watched the first season um, of Atlanta. Um, but once in a while I'll go back and I'll start from the beginning or I'll watch like the first few just because to see just like the transition of like Kim um, and her just awful behavior and just all around everything, her attitude, her look, it's, it's just, it's amazing. Um, I can't wait to talk about Sheree and her who gon' check me boo, iconic, amazing, one of the best scenes in television history, um, in my opinion. Can't wait to get into that. Um, yeah, so basically, I'm going to try and come back every Sunday if I can. I feel like that's the day that I kind of want to do these. Um, so I'll try and come back every Sunday. I hope to do these every week. Um, next time I do one, um, I will have a guest or two, and we're going to get into probably some more reality TV. I think I would like to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Um, that show came into my life like... I want to say about a year ago and it changed everything. It is garbage as most of you know, and it is amazing all at the same time. Um, these humans on there are awful, awful. Um, and I hope to talk about them. And I have a couple of friends who love that show who I, and one who has watched it um, since it began. And then one who recently binged the whole thing and is obsessed. And so I think I'll probably have them on hopefully next week. Um, and then we can talk about it and really get into it. I would like to go through the whole series if I can, um, if we can. We might make it a, lo- a longer podcast, maybe like 90 minutes or something, and just kind of get through it all um, and do a quick recap of each season. Um, but we'll see. We might just stick to one season or just little tidbits or just talk about characters. Um But again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Again, this is Unfiltered Tea. I'll be coming to you hopefully once a week on Sunday talking about reality, scripted TV, news, gossip, maybe politics at some point. We'll see. That's just a touchy subject and I want to keep this fun and light. Um, But again, thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye.